Hello, listeners. It's Susan. So I wanted to let those of you who are colleagues or who are out there working to build a business know that I recently launched a new podcast. It's called the Make Money Mediating Podcast. And although it says make money mediating, it's really intended to help you build the successful business of your dreams, whatever it is that you are in business to do. In this new podcast, I share not only my own personal tips from growing and building several new businesses over the years, but also I bring on some of the top experts in all related fields who are gonna share their wisdom to help you build that dream business and to achieve success however you define it. Be sure to tune in and listen and let me know what you think. You can find the podcast on all your favorite podcast outlets, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, and more. Or you can just go to the website at makemoneymediating.podbean.com. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I've never dealt with this you know, the way our marriage was conquer and divide. I helped with the kids. My husband helped with, did did the money. It worked. And now all of a sudden, here I am. I have no idea what my finances look like. And so it's very overwhelming. And a lot of women feel shame about it, which, which they shouldn't. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And today we have a really special and important episode for those of you who are out there listening right now and facing the path to divorce. We know as we sit here taping this episode in January, that is a very common time for many people to start getting what I call divorce curious or, you know, starting to think about entering the process, getting educated. And there's also, I think, a lot of fear in this time because it's an unknown for people. And one of the big, big worries for people is money. So I reached out to a friend of mine who I have known for many years from my practice in Connecticut, and I asked her to come on and speak with you all about what you need to know as you enter your process of divorce to protect your finances. So I want to introduce you all to my friend, Hollis Hardiman. Hi, Hollis. It's great to have you here. Hi, Susan. Great to be here. Very important month to have me here. So thank you. It it really is. This divorce month, um, you know, it's something of a, 
I don't know what to call it, a myth or a, a you know, a concept that maybe divorce attorneys have created. But I, I'll be honest, over the many, many years of my practice, long ago, I noticed that January was where my phone started to ring. And for those of you who are listening, Hollis is a certified divorce financial analyst. You know how much I love my CDFA. And that's, in fact, how we met. And I can imagine your phone starting to ring as well. It is. It is. I think, you know, people think January, new, new me, new, new life. You know, how do I, how do I start over and, and begin? And um, it's overwhelming, but it could be exciting too. And I think, um, you know, the key is just to, you know, which we'll talk about is preparation and um, really just um, getting all of your, your ducks in a row and understanding how to move forward. Yeah. So hopefully we'll dig into it's a little bit of that. <laughs> oh, we're we're going down that road, folks. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things I want to mention for listeners as well. And one of the reasons, so Hollis and I have actually worked together on cases. And again, we've known each other for a number of years. And one of the things that makes Hollis especially well-suited in the divorce arena, although she helps people in their financial life in other ways, dealing with transitions, death, retirement as well. But divorce is, is a huge part of her practice. She's also a certified mediator and a certified collaborative professional. So she really, really has a deep understanding, even beyond the training that she has as a certified divorce financial analyst. Um, and so I think that that's important to know because she's when she talks about getting your ducks in a row, she truly knows what she's talking about <laughs> when she's going to be giving you these tips um, and things that you need to do to protect your finances. And and that's really the key word here, I think, Hollis, right, is protect your finances, protect. People are yep. afraid about money when they yeah, face divorce. Everyone's biggest concern is, am I going to turn into a bad lady? How much money do I have? What do I need? I'm so overwhelmed. I've never dealt with this. You know, the way our marriage was conquer and divide. I helped with the kids. My husband helped with, did, did the money. It worked. And now all of a sudden here I am. And um, I have no idea what my finances look like. And so it's very overwhelming. And a lot of women feel shame about it, which which they shouldn't. Um, because a marriage is all about compromise and everybody, you know, takes their, their role and, and you divide and conquer. And more often than not, the, the husband takes over the finances and, and the woman takes care of, of more of the, the, the household. Yeah. And unfortunately in divorce, your, your children may or may not be grown, but now you are going to be adding that financial responsibility to yourself. And it's it's an overwhelming process. And Susan, I think maybe I'll start with a little bit how I got into this. Yeah. Um, was really I was a child of divorce. My parents got divorced back in the eighties. It was literally War of the Roses. Like you, whatever movie you saw, that I mean, you know, they say today barely anybody goes to court. My parents were in court for three days, and all I remember was the bickering of the money and the alimony and Hollis. You know. Tell your dad when you get out of the car, you know, you need the alimony. I need the money. And my dad would say, well, I don't have the money this week. My dad was starting his own company. And, you know, he was not not trying to pay because he was not being a jerk. He he was trying to build a career. I did dealt with that for about four years until I turned 
18 and it was time to go to college. And all of a sudden, nobody had thought about in the divorce decree who was going to furnish my college dorm room. And I, I decided to move out to California. I was like, get me away. Get me out and of here. Parents, get me out of here. Um, my parents were arguing about who was going to buy me a bed. And I was like, this is insane. And I was, I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? I'm 18. I could apply for a credit card right now. And I applied for a credit card back in the old days, fill out the application. I had to wait six weeks for the card to come in. And I said, guys, I got this. I got my bed. You know, and I basically unconsciously made a decision to myself back then that I wasn't going to ask anybody for money, you know, because all I've been doing was spending four years back and forth of, of going between my parents asking for money. And I think everybody hits a point in their life um, where they're hit with money decisions and it could be divorce. Unfortunately, sometimes it's a, the death of a spouse and all of a sudden you're a widow and now you're taking it over. And so you do get hit with with having to deal with money at some point in your life. Um, and usually there is a reason for it. It's not just because you typically like it. I mean, that does happen. But the moral of the story was also what I like to tell people is 30 years later, my sister gets married, has kids, and my parents are best friends because they don't want to lose time with the grandkids. And they don't even remember the arguing and the fighting and anything that basically defined who I am. So I do like to remind people also that, you know, this person's not going away. <laughs> so <laughs> trying to figure out how to communicate with them is important. I think we'll we'll talk about that, whether it's through the mediation process or or you know, collaborative, whatever it is, you know, communication is it with with your formal, maybe former spouse is is not gonna go away. No. I mean, in, in many, many cases, whether you have children or not, there are still going to be probably financial things you need to talk about. And God knows, yes, if you have children, you're going to be talking forever. And, forever. you know, and, and thank you, by the way, for telling your story. I still remember the day you and I met and you came to yeah. my office in Norwalk, Connecticut, and we sat <laughs> down and you told me your why of why you became a CDFA and why you were so passionate about helping people face that fear they had around divorce and around money um, yep. and, and as you you said, many of the, m- most of the time that's women because our society has not empowered women around money traditionally. And I think that that's a, a really critical and important part. And you're telling that is such a gift to my listeners because they want to understand what motivates you. Um, but they also understand that this is something that you come to with a true passion of your own uh, to help people. And I think that gives a lot of gravitas to the advice that you're going to give and and the tips that you're going to give. And, you know, so I'm wondering as we sit here and we know that so many people are reaching out uh, right now. And, and by the way, folks, that's what you should be doing. If you are looking at divorce or thinking and contemplating that divorce is going to be in your new year, you should be educating yourselves. That is the way to get started, not rushing out and, you know, starting the process in a flurry of upset or anger or whatever that is. I always say, you know, build that team first, get educated. So when someone reaches out to you, Hollis, what are some of the first things you tell them when they say, I'm getting divorced, I've never dealt with the money, what do I do? What you said 
is okay. It, let's let's define a support system. So let's get let's get all of our now. I I I make this very clear: professional support system in place because your family and friends they're there for you to cry on, and they're and they're there emotionally for you. And a, and a therapist too can be part of your professional. Sure. Group. But do not rely on your friends and their past experiences while you go through this process professional for the professional advice. There's too many ins and outs of other people's divorces that you cannot compare your own story to. And so let's get your professional people in place. Who do we need and, and what are we looking at? And unfortunately, a lot of people say, I have no idea. I don't even know where to start. I, I don't, I don't know. And um then it's like, okay, well, what do you know? You know, do you go grocery shopping? Yes. So, so then let's work on what, what do you spend? My The number one thing is really understanding after you get your support system in place, which should include CDFA, CPA, maybe a mortgage broker, your attorney who's going to be uh, either helping you in whichever way you need them. You need other professionals that are experts at what they're doing. Because the biggest question, as we know, is going to be, can I keep the house? That's usually yeah, the first always. The first question is, what do I do? And I don't even think people listen to me because they're like, how do I keep the house? And um, that's that's not a simple answer. But what we do know is that you need to understand what your expenses look like. And on a lot of situations, some women may not have any experience with what they may not have the Excel spreadsheets that their husbands have, and they may not, you know, know what's in their brokerage accounts and their checking accounts, but they do usually do a lot of the spending. Let's break it down and figure out what is your, how, what is your life costing you? You know, what collect your receipts. I don't care what's the easiest way for you to do it. If you don't have access to credit card statements, but you're making the purchase on the credit cards. So keep your receipts, keep a tally. Let's figure out what your lifestyle, your house and your children cost you so that we have an idea. Because Susan, just like you said, it's all about understanding and educating yourself. We can, nobody can make decisions until we know what the answers are. So we have to get the answers. Can you, re, can you keep the house? I don't know, but we need a mortgage broker. What does it cost to refinance? Can you refinance? Uh, um, what are the stipulations for you to to do that? Yeah. So it's really starting to organize yourself and your household and taking starting to take control in the best way you can. Well, and I love something <clears throat> that you just said there, Hollis, because so often people are completely overwhelmed, especially a spouse who has not had a lot to do with the finances. They're like, well, my husband or my wife has always been the one to pay the bills. They they are the breadwinner. I'm a stay-at-home parent. And you just flipped that around and found what you do have control over, what you can immediately start putting your fingers on. And the one thing I want to say to everyone as you know, the divorce attorney in the, in the group is don't be as worried about as you might be in this moment about getting all that rest of that information, the things that you don't have immediate control over, because the process provides different ways for you to access that information. And your CDFA, like Hollis, or your attorney, or your mediator, or your support system is going to know how to help you start pulling all of that together. So don't feel so overwhelmed in the moment 
that, oh my, with what you don't know. I love that you start with what you do have access to and what you can control because there's something about even baby steps of finding out information and becoming aware of say spending that is incredibly empowering for people, I think. Absolutely. And yes, it's overwhelming. And yes, you do need to have a a notebook <laughs> that yes. you keep on hand. I think we, we all like to say you, you need you need a notebook. You know, exactly. It start with what, what you do know. And you do know how much you spend on groceries. Every you do know if you go to Starbucks, you do know if you go to the gym. You can certainly ask somebody how much it costs behind the counter. So just collecting the receipts or and spending one night or whatever and calculating things, you know, you're you're getting, you know, how much it costs for the the baseball for the season for the kids. You know, you're usually in charge of that stuff at least. So just start taking a tally of understanding your expenses and and what what your lifestyle costs you. I think is is huge because from there we can work backwards and use all the support staff that we now have to get at what we what we don't have. I want to add you because you mentioned the notebook and notebooks are great. We've had two prior episodes, one with the creator of a workbook called Divide and Thrive, which mm. is a wonderful resource for people. So I'm going to, I just want listeners to know, I'll, I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes. That's like basically an electronic workbook where you can put the information in. And I have another episode with Story Jones who created Detour Life, which is actually a program that you hook up to your financial establishments, institutions, and it will download a lot of that financial information. And I love that. And I have that software too, not Detour, but one that I use. So I can say to my clients, let's hook up all of your your accounts and it'll auto-categorize what you spend. And if you do have access to your credit cards... Your credit card company has that too. You can go on your americanexpress.com and hit spending and it'll do it for you. So if you have access to your credit cards even or your online account, even better. It's all right there. And I think that's where we need to get better and understand what what can we find on our own and what can we do on our own. Again, most people's biggest fear is money. So let's let's dissect it. Let's figure it out. You don't always need a, you know, thousand dollar an hour attorney just because you're afraid of money of losing money and losing what's not fair that's not always the answer but let's understand and yeah you may need to cut back later but that's not what this process is about right now right now we just want to find out what the household and what your life costs you and i think it's critical for people to understand that you know and this is probably something you have to explain to people all the time i know as an attorney i've had to more times than i care to count is when you take one household that has had however much money coming in whether both people are working or one person's working or money's coming in from a lot of sources or just one and you divide it into two households but the same amount of money yeah clearly there are going to be changes And so there will be changes, but I, again, I love that you're starting with what you can control and working backwards from there. Hey listeners, did you know that you can now listen to Divorce and Beyond on your favorite audiobook platform, Audible? If you're like me and you love your audiobooks along with your podcasts, this is a great time to check out Audible memberships. They have two levels, Audible Plus and Audible Premium Plus. You right now can get a free trial of Audible Plus. And if you decide to subscribe to Audible Premium Plus, you will also get up to 
two free audiobooks. So go to the links in the show notes to get these special offers, and I'll see you over on Audible. Stay tuned for more from top certified divorce financial analyst, Hollis Hardiman, as she shares her top tips to protect your finances if you are facing a divorce. You need to make enough to feel good about yourself to be able to pay for your life. And does that include downsizing to a smaller house? It may. You may be able to live in the house while you have the alimony, and then you may need to to sell it. But you have to be prepared for for all of those all of those in any situation because life is not predictable and the only thing you can control is yourself and and what you do. If you are enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's show with the world's top happiness coach. Yes, there is such a thing. Stephanie Lefevre. I love this episode and I promise you that just listening will get you started on bringing more happy into your life. And who doesn't need more happy? Even if someone is doing something to me that I deem as they made me unhappy, I made a choice. If I'm saying they made me unhappy, then I've given them my emotional well-being. I've given them my happiness. I can't control them, their choices, their words, their reactions, their decisions, but I can control how I respond to any of that. That's where my happiness lies. And now we return to today's show. My next biggest point is usually, okay, how can we increase the income in your household? Is there anything that you can do to help that? Now, it may not be tomorrow. It may or may not be in six months. But what what can we do and what what to get you on pace to start contributing if you're not a contributor financially? Because you will have to be, most likely. It's a really tough conversation to have. Because sometimes, you know, that just wasn't the way you thought your life was going to go. And you were not prepared for any of these. Some people think, oh my God, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, and I have to start over. Well, it's not really starting over. It's kind of continuing where you left off. And maybe it's, you know, having a new passion. But exactly what you said, Susan, people have to understand, you cannot have the same lifestyle if you have one income that's now being divided over two households that the math does not work. Can you, What can you do to contribute? And is it part-time? Is it, you know, anything, but what can you do? And I think that's something really important that if you don't work, you have to look at and start asking yourself, how can I start becoming financially independent? Well, and there's so much that's important in what you just said there about becoming financially independent because... For people, and this is something, you know, I've, I've been at this for such a long time, and people become very focused in divorce upon, upon what they feel they deserve financially, right? How many times have you heard these words? I only want what's fair, or I want what I'm entitled to. Or the words, this was my money. Oh, yeah. That's another favorite one, right? <laughs> yes. No, that's I earned that. That's mine. I earned that. Yeah. yeah. So he or she does not get any of that. Yes. And it's so important for people to understand as they're moving through this process that, yes, it's scary to get back out into the workplace, perhaps. But I will say, I don't think I've ever in 30 plus years of practice had a client who said to me, they didn't on the other side, when they got back 
into the world, got back to being a person, like you said, you got your credit card and you got your own <laughs> damn bed, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what the, you got to do. <laughs> the empowerment of that fuels your future. And, and it's important in so many aspects, mentally. I mean, if you don't get out there and start doing something that makes you feel productive and that you're moving forward, this, this can drain you. I mean, and make you sick. It is a traumatic experience going through divorce. I, again, I've seen both my parents deal with it. I, as a child that dealt with it and it's, it's a lot and you're basically, everybody's at their worst, right? So you kind of have to take yourself out and say, how can I make myself better and help myself right now? I think it's just really important to to take that step. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is. And I, you know, the other thing, and I wonder, um, I was just uh, based on what you were just saying, I was thinking about what you said about your mom asking you to ask your dad for the alimony check. And to that point of empowerment around money, alimony, maintenance, spousal support, whatever we call it, that may be something listeners that you're looking at either paying it or receiving it as you go into divorce. And just understand, this is something I always said to clients, understand that there are good aspects and necessary aspects to support. And there are aspects to it that aren't all that great because they make you dependent upon your former spouse in a way that maybe isn't all that empowering, such as having to ask your ex where the alimony check is and living your life based upon their income. And that may be something people are facing as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, I don't think people realize, and again, maybe I don't know how it was back in the day, but it's it's temporary. Yes. Alimony and support is temporary. It's really meant to get you back on your feet. And it's not meant to necessarily spend through until what? Someone's going to retire at some point. Yeah. I mean, people don't usually work until they drop. Right. I mean, so it's going to, it's going to end and then what? And the, and the, you know, the best, best, best case scenario is I, and I actually have two clients right now that one we actually worked on together. She is doing amazing for herself and the alimony, it's almost like her, this career she's made is like going in the, it's all being banked for her future. And it's actually been astonishing to watch, you know, going back to school, figuring out different things you want to do that maybe you you didn't give yourself a chance to do prior. So um, I'm just a really big advocate on finding a way to make your own money. Yeah, you may never catch up to make what he made or, you know, but you need to make enough to feel good about yourself to be able to pay for your life. And does that include downsizing to a smaller house? It may. It, you may be able to live in the house while you have the alimony and then you may need to, to sell it, but you have to be prepared for, and for all of those, all of those in any situation, because life is not predictable. And the only thing you can control is yourself and, and what you do. But when we, one, I know we're talking a little bit about protecting your finances. And um, one thing, if you are collecting alimony, even child support is definitely making sure if possible to have life insurance on the person who's paying you. So because God forbid they did drop dead, then what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, now, yeah. now you've got nothing. So there are ways to, you know, make sure you're protecting what you do get as you move through the process as well. 
Um, but I think being in control of, of yourself and your your own independence is is, is the best and it's going to make you feel the best. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you've raised a couple of really important points there. One of them makes me think of something that I've talked about with clients over the years. And one of the reasons why I love working with a CDFA so much is the budgeting, yeah. both during divorce like what we call the pendente lite phase or the pendency of your divorce. And then having a budget after, because you mentioned something that I have seen people do so many times is they, they create their post-divorce life based to the penny on how much money they have coming in and support and they spend every cent of it. And then suddenly, because you're a hundred percent correct, alimony is not no longer a lifetime sort of proposition. They find themselves down the road, having maintained a big house or a, a higher lifestyle, a more expensive lifestyle and have spent every penny of that that support that came in and then it's gone. And you just yeah. talked about, you know, I, and I think it's important for people to know one of the things the CDFA does with them is help them work on that forward budget. We're doing planning during, during divorce, during alimony, during, you know, this, this entire period. And then we're also planning for when it ends and what are the key marks that are going to come in between those times? You know, is there, um, is social, is Medicare going to kick in? Is social security going to kick in? You know, is there a pension somewhere that can kick in? So there's different marks that I'm also looking for to see if alimony reaches certain points. Um, because medical insurance alone, COBRA or not, is extraordinary expense. I'm talking a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month. Some of these people are paying. So that alone is its own crazy expense that needs to be budgeted for. And so, you know, I'm always saying, you know, how are we paying for just, just think about your health insurance, like yeah. that alone until you're 65 and getting on some type of Medicare is a huge expense. Another reason to find a job that has coverage. Yeah, um, even if it's a part-time job, but it happens to come with benefits, absolutely. the most important benefit can be your health insurance. It's probably going to be one of the largest expenses you face is the health insurance. We, we have to factor that in and if there's medications and, you know, health insurance is a big issue. So for sure, we're working on planning now and for planning later and planning on if you can keep the house and how long you can keep the house and can you get a mortgage in your own name and do you have to refinance? And if so, what are the stipulations? And, you know, maybe a lot of people, I, I have to say, I think, gosh, if I think about it, a majority of my clients that kept the house within two to three years end up selling it. For yep. a lot of reasons. And I'm not saying that everybody's got to have that experience on their own, but typically they want a refresh. They want something new that's theirs. And so sometimes fighting for the house is really just not worth it. But I do understand wanting to keep the kids, you know, if there's kids around and wanting to keep them, you know, in a comfortable space for a while, but it may just be six, eight, eight months. And then you can say, you know what, guys? We're going to find something fun. Let's go house hunting. And I think it's all about how you present it to your family as well. Like this yeah. is a new adventure. This is fun. It's not 
you know, we can't afford this. Dad doesn't pay me. We have to downsize. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? which is what people say, but I, I love that. And for listeners, um, if you haven't listened yet, there's a great episode with Tammy Wallensack, who's a certified divorce lending specialist who talks all about how, because yeah. really, as you mentioned, Hollis, the house is one of the biggest issues for people. It's one of the biggest financial issues, both as a debt and an asset. And it's an emo- one of the biggest emotional issues. Um, so that episode really dives down deep into this. But, you know, your point to keep an open mind about mm-hmm. the house, because you and I both hear people walk through the door every day. And I, and I say figuratively walk through the door because I haven't yes. had a client walk <laughs> through the door. <laughs> and, and, but, you know, and and as you said earlier, I, I want to keep the house. How do I keep the house? I must keep the house. Just, we're not saying you can't, we're not saying you won't, but I've had, I re, I, I've told this story before, but I had a client there in Westport in Connecticut, beautiful, beautiful house. She'd put her whole, you know, really just had put her whole soul into making it a warm and wonderful home, but it was a very expensive house in a very expensive area. Um, and she fought for two years, the entire divorce dragged out for two years because she just, they had four children. She had to keep that house. Three months after the divorce was finalized, she sold that house because she could not afford that house. And, um, and it ended up being, there's a lot of negative reasons why selling it right after the divorce financially is not the best way to go about things. It could have been, you know, handled better, but because it was in her mind, that yes. she had to keep it. We, she was never able to get over that until the divorce was over. And mentally, it's a lot of work. I was actually talking to a client yesterday, same exact story, always is. And now she's like, you know, I, I, the water pump went like, I, I don't, this is too much. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, there was a news article released the other day about how even owning a house isn't, shouldn't even be the American dream anymore because I saw that you don't even, you, you know, you don't even know if it's an asset anymore or a bigger liability or a, a money pit. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot to think about. And I guess you're, you said it great. Like you have to be open-minded in this process. And I always say, let's get all the answers both good and bad. Let's just figure it all out. And then we can make educated decisions. And you just got to be open-minded to look at all those different outlets, keeping the house, selling the house, renting a house, renting an apartment, downsizing. What do all of those things look like? And then you can make a decision. But when you're closed-minded and I'm keeping the house, I'm staying here, I'm done, that, that could, you know, stall the process. Well, it can come back to bite in the ass, frankly, folks, right? Like, you know, we've seen that. And, you know, the other thing that I think, you know, I'm hearing you saying here is don't make decisions until you have all of the options in front of you. You only limit yourself when you sit there and say, oh, I have to keep the house or I'm not giving up my retirement, not one penny of my 401k or my pension. And so- you know, go into your negotiation when you get to that point. We're talking, you know, early days right now, but keep an open mind about all of this because it's in the option generating, which is something, again, that a CDFA can be so helpful with because they know all the different things that can be done with money and and different ways things can be managed. 
keep your mind and your options open until you have a chance to start exploring moving. I always liken it to a puzzle, right? You yeah. you can put the puzzle together a lot of different ways in divorce. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, it just goes back to having your support system and making sure that you're doing your research and you're you're educating yourself on all these different different aspects. And I don't mean like going out and looking up judicial norms. Yeah, no. <laughs> because I think, that's what your lawyer is for yeah exactly and 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 just make sure you you know you're reaching out to the right people for for the right for the right things so many good points here hollis and you know hopefully i'm I, i i want people to realize because everybody always feels like you know it's divorce month or i've made the decision which you and i both know is an agonizing back and forth decision for people very often and so many times they think like some gun has gone off and a race just started and they think they need to start making these decisions start negotiating everybody how many times have you had people walk in with you know well we've already decided this yeah you know, so what would your final piece of advice or your big tip be for people who are in those early days are feeling incredibly nervous and scared about this process as they're entering into it? I think what people need to really understand is that, first of all, when people go get surgery, what's the first thing your doctor tells you when you come out of surgery? Don't make any major decisions, right? You've just been through a lot. And I think people have to really understand that divorce is is a lot and you shouldn't be making any major decisions, but you have to. And with that, you just have to make sure you have the right professionals with you. I think you should obviously, I'm biased. I think you should absolutely have a CDFA because that's really what you're worried about, right? The money. Where are you going to be now and where are you going to be later? You know, I run a workshop um, with Rosemary Ferrante every once a month on preparation and getting yourself ready. And so I think it's go out there and look for look for the different places in education and workshops that you can get some information and educate yourself. And don't just be so stuck in the sand as to what you have to have, what you're going to do. Um, be flexible, be open you know, take, take your time and give yourself some, some time to breathe and and think. Yeah. That grace of space. I am so staunchly a supporter of getting a CDFA involved. And let me just say this from the beginning of your divorce. So let that be my last tip to you today. Listeners, you should pull your team together from the beginning. Most people you know, we'll run out and hire an attorney. That's fine. You do need legal advice, but that is only one leg of your chair or your stool. Your CDFA, if you heard nothing else in this great (laughs) episode, how complicated this all is, how much there is to know, how much guidance, not just for what's happening today, but what's going to happen financially in your future. You need a CDFA who's going to be able to help you now as the process unfolds and to plot out that future. And I also am a very strong believer in a divorce coach, lots of episodes on that as well, listeners. So, um, you know, therapists, there's a lot of great people and get yourself a mediator. (laughs) Hollis and I both are mediators as well. And, you know, if you're, and and, and just, yeah, yeah. Save yourself the money, the time, the effort, the stress and, and try to mediate your divorce. Yeah, I, I I agree with that a hundred percent. And you know the CDFA. Oh, it's also going to help you. What we didn't really talk about is 
all the division of assets. So you're going to get help from every part of the money that is out there is going to, you're going to get the help with. So you don't have to worry. I don't know what a retirement fund is. I don't know how this works. All that is going to come along with the knowledge from CDFA. Yeah. And to continue your surgery um, analogy (laughs) there, it made me think of um, the surgeon telling you don't make major decisions while you're still under anesthesia or recovering. Right. The other thing is think about this as if you were going into surgery, you don't go into surgery just with a surgeon. You go into surgery with an anesthesiologist, yep. you go in with some nurses, you go in there with a recovery nurse, you have a team to get through your surgery. And you, you need may a have team. even gotten a second opinion to get there. Absolutely. And you can do that financially as well. Um, And sometimes it's not just one financial professional. You and I have worked with CDFAs. You mentioned CPAs. Sometimes you need a tax advisor. I've brought in attorneys who are specialists in quadros, which are pension division plans. I mean, so there's a lot of different things to be looking at people. It all comes back to what Hollis and I said in the beginning is you need to get educated your CDFA is one of the people who's there to support you and help educate you and help explain all this to you. So don't think you need to know everything today. Hollis is out there to help you. CDFAs are out there to help you. And speaking of that, Hollis, how would anyone get in touch with you if they did want to reach out for some some help or some questions? Yeah, absolutely. So my email is hardiman at meritfa.com, which is H-H-A-R-D-I-M-A-N at merit, M-E-R-I-T-F-A dot com, or my phone number is 203-423-5985. And I do offer free consultations to, to everybody. So initial, initial call is, is on me. So give her a call. (laughs) As you can see, she knows her stuff. And honestly, everybody, you know, do reach out. This is that time where take a deep breath, pull your questions together, use that notebook that Hollis mentioned earlier to write down questions that you have, be organized with your time as well, and reach out, get yourself a certified divorce financial analyst. I promise you, it will be one of the best things that you did in your divorce. So Hollis, thank you so much for joining me today to help people who are in that space of fear around finances. I think these tips are really going to help them out. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.